0: My hair looks red in that. It does look red in this light. Yeah.
1: Powered by Riverside. welcome welcome everybody it is week nine and my camera's doing something weird it is week nine of college football welcome to the fourth and one podcast anchor.fm slash fourth and one on instagram at fourth and one podcast like i said this is week nine we are back we are better than ever why is this a how dare i i don't know i just Wanted to add it. You're just you're just throwing things in. Excellent. So you're late to the party, and now we're just throwing random sound bites in.
0: Wait for it. Wait for it.
1: That is clearly our longest sound bite. Uh yeah, but I like the cough, and the cough was perfectly timed. It is Prove It week in the Big Ten. Big Ten takes center stage end of October through November. It is the round robin everyone's been waiting for in the Big Ten East. Ohio State plays Penn State. Michigan plays Michigan State. And then we go on from there. So this week, lots of playoff implication, lots of title implication, lots of conference championship implication (laughs) Not to mention Minnesota in the Big Ten West. Mm, Iowa, that game in two weeks looks pretty good. So the Big Ten, well on its way to being the conference of November. I am excited for it. However, I am already in despair because as a Michigan fan, I know what's coming. We'll get into that a little bit later. My man, Simeon, he is with us. Hello. How are we doing? You said you had a rant about the NCAA. Why don't oh. you start with that? Oh.
0: Sorry, ma'am. I don't... Okay, this is why. <clears throat> let me let you into my mind a little bit. I mean, you're already there, so let me let the listeners into my mind a little bit. Um, I really like soccer for relegation. I don't like it that they don't have a cap, uh, a salary cap. I also like it that they don't have a salary cap. Anyway... Um, Here's the dealio, is the NCAA needs relegation. Um, it came out last week that uh, the conference, what was it? Comp? Conf- no, Conference USA is gaining all of them. The Sun Belt will be losing. I think that's correct. Nope, it is and not. It is the other way around. It's, yep. Sorry. Um, yep. I have to pull pull it up, The the thing that I sent you here. It's not that far back here. Standings, blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 Saturday. We te- sent a lot of texts on Saturday, apparently. Just going to go ahead and piss down your leg. There it is. Conference USA Future in Doubt with four teams expected to join the Sun Belt. I got my conferences backwards. backwards. Those are four teams with three more two in the Sun Belt, uh, one FCS school. Um, most likely going to be joining them next week. That FCS school being one of my, me and Makaya's favorites that we will have to go to at some point again. James Madison, there. the James Madison Dukes, uh, the purple and gold. Shout out to Alex Messina. Um, and here's what made me think about this: is for James Madison, this is like absolutely crappy. Um, it's great because they're moving from FCS to FBS, but they're moving to a Mm, not the uh, not the best division. Now, more recently, except with Coastal Carolina's loss this week, it hasn't been good. So, Simeon, get to the point. Why do you hate the NCAA? Please. You don't hate the NCAA. I specifically hate Mark Emmerich in the $2.6 million he made last year uh, on the backs of uh, 18 to 22 to 24-year-olds. And here's why. He makes his money off of the backs of 18 to 24-year-olds. Now, granted, most people do in the United States um, who work in college and college campuses. You can say that about Jim Harbaugh, Nick Saban, whoever you want to. Here's the deal, though. Um, Nick Saban isn't the one making the rules for all these people. And you make all this money, and you don't care about the players. He just got freaking – I. I'm mad at like the freaking AD for University of Wisconsin cuz he just got a contract extension for 2020 to 2026. He made in 2020, he made 2.6 million dollars off of a off of kids not being able to play and we didn't know shit in 2020. Sorry, ma'am. We didn't know anything, so we we didn't know if they were all going to die. So these kids went and put their lives on the lines because they wanted to for the love of the game, and this guy doesn't care. Michigan State sex scandal, the, the Jerry Sandusky sex scandal, all horribly mismanaged under his administration, and they can do better. That's why I bring up relegation. Sports, and specifically college sports in America, Could be so much better, but we have Mr. Emmerich over here jacking himself off with his oodles of cash that he's making. Sorry, ma'am, off of the backs of 18 to 24 year olds because why not? Yes, I get it. You let, and you let. Name, like name, image, and likeness in. Yes, I get it. You
1: made stuff easier. I don't care. I don't know what even you did this year. Actually, technically, he didn't even let name, image, and likenesses. He's leaving it up to the states, and he only had to do that because Congress passed the bill. Yeah. So I'm just very
0: upset at how poorly administrated the NCAA is. Yes, I do think I could do it better. No, I don't think I would have to be a chancellor. Or a president of a state in order to do it, but we're not gonna know because this stupid guy in Indianapolis, not Pat McAfee, just does whatever the fu- does whatever Ooh. the f he wants because he can, and we don't care because all these schools make all the money, and that's all we care about in the United States. We don't care about kids being okay. Like, yeah, make make your money, but let a private business do it. Let school be about school. And if all the sports, I love, I love all the sports. Don't get me wrong. I love all the sports. I love the fan bases. Then think college sports is the greatest thing in America. But you don't, you don't get to just do it because you want to make money. You have to do it for the love of the kids. You have to do it for the love of the game. And you're the National Collegiate Athletic Association, not the suck my dick because I make all the money. That's the end of my rant
1: ma'am. All right. Well, um yeah, so I'm not really sure what brought this on. Uh but uh points were made. Thank you. You're a little late to the party here. I haven't yeah, been I've been know, on the Mark Emmerich rant for,
0: you know, you want to know what brought this on? The what? fact that James Madison is going to screw themselves over because they're going to com- they're going to confer- uh so the Sun Belt instead of the ACC. The AAC,
1: you mean? Or the AAC? Uh no, I no, I don't hate it because that's where Appalachian State is. It, the Sun Belt is a nice kind of I I, I don't hate it. I I we, don't we here, have I different opinions on that. I I the think Sun Belt is I'm not
0: I'm not trashing the Sun Belt. This is what I'm trashing. If there was relegation in when 2007, is that when they
1: beat Michigan? Yep. And then didn't the year after that they beat Penn State? I have no idea. No, no. They they beat Penn State once they were. no. They were in they were in the FBS when they beat Penn State. Uh, that's right. They moved up
0: like four years after that in like 2012 or something like that. If there was relegation, I don't know. Like maybe a third to a quarter of those players on the excuse me on the defense and off set, offensive side of the ball at Appalachian State that year that they beat Michigan, went on to be in the NFL, which means they were NFL caliber players and an FCS school at the time, which means they could, if, if they got relegated up, if they got promoted somehow into the top 25 <coughs> Appalachian state positively
1: could have gone on a run. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, correct. I, I mean, Appalachian state went on to win the FCS championship yep. that year. I it's, it's kind of difficult because you do get these one of one of um, these lightning in the bottle things. Now more recently, it's kind of been you can see that the talent level is starting to be more equal. Like Iowa State always loses to some or is in a close game with some FCS school every year. Right. The Big Ten really had really since 07, has really all but outlawed FCS schools playing in the big 10, not, not only because they're afraid because these FCS schools might beat a Michigan again, but because of the brand, it's not good. It it doesn't make for good ratings, but uh, other, other teams like, or other conferences like the sec and the ACC and the big 12 still play FCS schools and just route them and just, and again but they have to pay the schools to come in and get absolutely blown up so michigan when they played appalachian state they probably played uh paid them at least quarter of a million dollars to come in and beat them right so i i understand what you're saying yes mark emmerich he is he is worse than roger goodell people need to get on board with that i understand i'm just I understand what brought this on. I'm just a little confused by it. When we have such a big week ahead of us in college football, kind of derailed us a little bit. But you know, that's what that's why we're the worstest podcast on the interwebs because that's the kind of stuff we do. And we and we move on from it. So and we move on. All righty. Well, Simeon already touched on it, but I'm gonna touch on it again. Florida Atlantic University, Charlotte, North Texas. UTSA, Roadrunners, ain't no by by the way. Uh, Rice, UAB, all joining the ACC from Conference USA. And then it gets worse for Conference USA. Southern Miss also goes from Conference USA to the Sun Belt. So the Conference USA is down to... I believe six teams right and you now, yeah. have to and you have to have six teams to automatically qualify for the for March Madness. So this really oh. doesn't affect football all that much. Well, I mean it does in a sense, but this affects March Madness. So there are six other teams. Conference USA is looking at FCS schools. It's looking at some schools from other conferences. It's looking at a lot of independents right now. Liberty being the main one. Army being also in there. So uh but I do agree that Mark Emmerich has done a bad job, kind of he he leaves everything up to the conferences. There's no Hierarchy. over oversight. Yeah. In these teams moving, and now you might have a death of a conference, a conference that has produced some good football schools. I mean, there's no... They, they produce good football. I mean, UTSA, there ain't no. Yeah. FAU, they've been solid when Lane Kevin was there. Charlotte's been solid. North Texas, UA, UAB didn't have a program four years ago, and now, right. they're, now they won Conference USA a couple years ago, and they have this brand-new stadium, and you're just letting... I mean, the AAC, we said at the beginning of the year, might be better than the Big 12 top to bottom, the right. AAC. And yep. so this is not a joke of a conference, and so... This conference thinks that these teams in Conference USA can compete both academically and athletically on the field to their standards. And so I think it's really interesting. Southern Miss to the Sun Belt. I mean, I I honestly think that the Sun Belt is going to be the new AAC here in a minute. The Big 12. We'll have to see how the competition with that shakes out. I think the BYU um, transaction, as it were, them really joining the conference really makes them look good. I people are like, well, Cincinnati, it's going to be a good pick for Cincinnati. Well, the thing is, once Luke Fickle leaves, is Cincinnati's going to be the? Is Cincinnati really going to be the same team? I highly doubt it. But
0: where are the other schools going? I thought they were going to the Sun Belt. I thought they were all going to the Sun Belt. Isn't that what the article says? No. Are all of those schools going to the Sun Belt?
1: No. The FAU, Charlotte, North Texas, UTSA, Rice, UAB are joining the AAC.
0: Oh. Yeah. I missed that, but that's because a bunch of their schools are leaving. Are for the
1: Big 12. Right. And then then the Sun Belt just poached Southern Miss from Conference USA. So the Sun Belt is getting stronger because Southern Miss is is a quality school there. All right, Matt Wells, staying in that. Matt Wells, the head coach of Texas a not Texas A&M, Texas Tech, is out. He has been fired. They are 5-3 on the season. So, um, Mr. Cumbie, the ex-quarterback, will take over. uh, The offensive coordinator will take over head coaching duties. Uh, Matt Wells was 13-17. Really what got him fired, even though he's having a winning season, is the fact that he is in conference play he's been absolutely trash like he's won very little conference games and so you have to compete in your conference in order to keep your job simeon you heard tom brady threw for 600 touchdowns he yeah, is the of fir- mike evans apparently yeah he he is the first quarterback to do so mike evans then promptly gave the ball away to a fan so That ball is worth an estimated million dollars. So what they did to get... Sorry, my dog. In order to get the ball back, they negotiated. He is going to get Tom Brady helmet and jersey. Mike Evans jersey and cleats signed. A signed another uh, game ball. A Bitcoin from Tom Brady. Dang. $1,000 to the Buccaneers team store. 2021 and 2022 buccaneer season tickets and i like that this is tom brady negotiating all of this like the buccaneers just came in and just gave the keys to the franchise to tom brady and be like you know what just do whatever you want as long as you win us super Bowls. so anyway this fan does work out he also got a like i said a game ball signed by a bunch of the players and and people are saying well you should have held out you know for and made tom brady pay him a million dollars i I like what this fan did, and I really like what the Buccaneers and Tom Brady and Mike Evans did to comp this guy. Listen, this guy, it, it's worth more, that interaction and that experience, way more than holding on to the ball. Because I think if you hold on to the ball and be like, no, make Tom Brady pay me a million dollars for the 600th touchdown pass, like, you look like an asshole. Yeah. You, and it just goes to show you kids, don't be an asshole the guy who great things happen to you the guy who he has a youtube a big youtube
0: channel now um baseball youtube he ended up catching Derek jeter's like whatever that was it was like his 1000th run or whatever
1: okay and
0: like this huge milestone dude still looks like an asshole like (laughs) to this day because he held it he held onto it and made them like donate like $150,000 in order for them to get the ball back. Mm. Like it was a huge deal in, in in Yankeedom. Um So yeah, anyway. Well,
1: and this, all of this stuff that he got is actually worth more because if yeah. he would have held on to it and made Tom Brady give him a million dollars, he would have been taxed on that. Yeah. You can't get taxed on memorabilia. You can't get taxed on gift cards. Right. As long as he just doesn't sell it, and as soon as Tom Brady retires, the Tom Brady uh, helmet and jersey are going to be worth more than the ball combined. So the dude, the the dude made out. All right, the NFL has done a couple things that has raised some uh, some eyebrows here. So the NFL is not releasing the report of sexual misconduct in the worst place that they are currently investigating for the washington football team roger goodell says it is it is because they want to protect the individuals that's a bunch of bullshit it's because the owners don't want him to because i'm sure it goes on in all 32 teams Mm -hmm. the lawyer then for the people who came forward said no they want they want this report to be exposed they want everyone to know what kind of goes on in these workplaces. so again Roger Goodell looks like the bad guys but this is all the owners just pulling the strings of Roger Goodell also the NFL changed the Rooney rule to the Rooney rule is uh, franchises have to interview one minority coach in their head coaching cycle now they must interview at least two and there has been some debate whether because coaches are hired so fast whether this has actually been going on probably not teams are working their way around it teams always do all i know
0: the enemy the enemy for that was the spec the sorry to interrupt but that was the speculation when he didn't get hired last year there's a speculation of like oh all these teams were just saying that they were going to interview him because he was black and so that was that's what they did no one was actually going to hire
1: the the, yeah the eric b enemy thing is kind of interesting because you're technically not allowed to accept a job until you're out of the playoffs so eric b you can only agree in principle but the problem is is if Eric B. M. To me is going to the AFC Championship game every year and going to the Super Bowl every year, yeah. teams don't want to miss out on a head coach. If teams don't want to be sitting there with no head coach at Super Bowl, and then all of a sudden he wins the Super Bowl and he's like, you know what? Like say if the Texans and the Dolphins or the Texans and whoever interview him and and both the teams are sitting there well one's going to lose out one needs a head coach so you have to pick and then say the dol so say the dolphins hire a head coach and the texans are sitting there well then the texans are just hoping that he doesn't renege and stay an offensive coordinator in Kansas City because let's be honest who wants to be a coach in Houston right now with no quarterback with the Deshaun Watson scandal going on where your team no, sucks
0: no draft picks yeah n-
1: no no first round draft picks so who wants to do that so uh, it's interesting i he does need to be a head coach somewhere eric bienemy i would like it you know if Harbaugh ever left for eric bienemy to come to michigan he's pretty creative so that is the check down, ladies and gentlemen. That is brought to you by you, the fans. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We are also on YouTube. Well, that's where you can like and subscribe, but you can also listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast. Week eight. I said it on Instagram that, that I... Gave week eight the podcast host curse. I was blessed with that. I said there would be no good games. We both actually <laughs> said that. And then yeah. what? And then what happened? The noon o'clock hour. Penn State lost. Yep. Michigan was in a fight for a half. Sorta. Oklahoma was down seventeen nothing at half.
0: Appalachian State beat Coastal Carolina.
1: Appalachian NFL. State beat Coastal Carolina. That was on Wednesday. That happened.
0: And we recorded on Tuesday last week, so that would be we didn't know that was going to happen.
1: The Big Ten officials were complete garbage. Oh my god! We, okay, we'll we'll get that. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. I'll I let know. You, I am. Totally I'll interested. let you. I'll let you talk. You're But good. the 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 noon o'clock.
0: Cincinnati? Cincinnati Cincinnati
1: was in a was in a fight with yeah. Navy and did not get any style points, and that's what Cincinnati needs right now is style points. They pulled out a win. But they only won by seven to a one-and-now-six Navy team who can all they can do is run the football.
0: Okay, I have a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. What looks worse? Cincinnati's win over Navy or the fact that Oklahoma was losing to
1: Kansas for a quarter? Uh, I'm going to go with Cincinnati close win to Navy. Everyone has made this point, and I agree. The week prior... Oklahoma and Caleb Williams it was Caleb Williams first start they were playing in Norman Oklahoma at 7 p.m. It was rocking the fans were in checkered pattern around the field. it was loud it was exciting there was a lot of points being thrown up on both sides it was a it was an exciting game to watch Oklahoma dominated and then you go to 11 o'clock 11 o'clock kick because they're in Kansas so it's Central time. It's Kansas, so it's like a quarter of the stadium's full. Everyone, even the Kansas fans, aren't going to cheer and scream loud for Kansas.
0: Kansas, yeah.
1: You get this, it kind of, Kirk Herbstreit talked about this. It lulls you to sleep a little bit until something kind of <laughs> hits you and you find yourself down 17 nothing and you're like, wait a minute we need to wake up and play Oklahoma went on to score 35 second half points and come away with the w but again Cincinnati you had the entire game what really concerned me was you were leading by 17 at one point it was 10 to uh, 27 and then Navy crept their way back in, and Navy actually uh, got a touchdown late to bring it within seven, got the onside kick, now threw an interception their next play because all they do is run and they can't throw. So that was it. However, so, I mean, that was a lot of fun. But, no, that, that's a that's a good question. I, I think, though, I, I think Oklahoma this week, you know, you can't have back-to-back weeks of that if you're Oklahoma, right? Now, Cincinnati, you can't have back-to-back weeks of this either. But why this hurts so much more for Cincinnati is because you're the AAC. You have to have style points because your biggest opponent, your two biggest opponents actually, are playing this week, SMU and Houston. One you might not even face until the conference championship game. And so if you're Cincinnati, we'll get to this. Who do you root for in that game? I don't know. You, uh, you root for a go- tie.
0: No, you root for SMU, that will look like your stronger win. Um, shout out to Houston, by the way. Also, uh, OT 31 24 win against Eastern Carolina. Another game. I'm look. I'm looking down here at these games that were held on Saturday, and I watched a lot of football. I don't normally watch a lot of football. I watched a lot of football, Wisconsin beating Purdue again. They were a joke. I can't believe it. Um, what, where was it? Uh, we're coming back to Ohio State later. Um, of course, we had the record-setting Michi- Penn State-Illinois game. with well, State wh- beating Oklahoma State. Why,
1: well, why don't we start right there with Penn State? I want to touch on that.
0: This is so, the game that I watched all the way through because I was with Penn State fans. all so,
1: so, you said Sean Clifford. I watched the last quarter – because I turned the Michigan game on my phone, because at this point they were just routing Northwestern and just yep. running the football. They weren't doing anything special. And then I watched all nine overtimes. It is a record. However, it is, while it is a record, it is it isn't a record at the same time, because now with the new overtime rules, after, at the third overtime, they just swap two-point conversions. By the way, what do you think of that rule? Do you like that uh, or no?
0: <laughs> I do. I don't mind it. You should push it to like three or four after three or four overtimes.
1: Well, I mean, that's like, it what it is. It's kind of be like it's
0: hockey. A- there is a rule in hockey; it does stand unless they rewrote the rule. That if you get to like eight overtimes in hockey, second puck comes out. That's a legit rule in hockey. Um, Fact check me, um, but I'm pretty sure I looked it up, and that's a leg- still a legit rule in the sport of hockey. Um, so. I- you know and they I, I they, like don't, they, they don't they because... don't need
1: to switch sides after every overtime though yeah, and they when they're going pick, for two like, point conversion yeah. pick an end zone and just yeah. swap two point should, conversions should, there
0: honestly it should be like um it should kind of act more a little bit more like the NFL where it's like all right there's one coin flip all right this is what we're doing bam 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 and they, you just get two different tries and you start further out. I think after ten, you should bring on the field goal kickers with no blockers, and you should start at fifty yards. And the first person to miss, you know, first person to miss the
1: other there, team wins. there are. I liked it. Again, the only thing I didn't I did like what, I did, was, was that was that they did that they kept literally. It was a two point conversion. Then the other team got a two point try, and because and it was Illinois, and, the and the then we took five minutes to walk and switch ends, and I'm like just. Keep it at an end zone. Yeah. Just pick an end. Zone. The home team gets to pick the end zone that overtime that the two point conversions are played in. If that's a student section, well then sucks to be Illinois because you're on the road. Beat them in be regular time. Is. Yeah, it,
0: it's like soccer. It's honestly more like soccer for uh, for most of the game. You have to your fans are on your side. You have a 12th man on the field.
1: Right, right, exactly. So, that's the only thing. But anyway, let's get into the nitty-gritty here because we're already at a half an hour. Sorry. Um, No, you're good. Uh, Penn State, two Sean Clifford dependent. Also, more glaring. Where on earth is their running game? So, if you... So, Sean Clifford, he shouldn't have been playing. He was still hurt. You should have played the backup. Where are... You You are a... top. Your offensive line, what? You run for like you ran for like 100 yards. You were terrible. The entire against Illinois. Then your defense to an Illinois team that only was able to rush for like 164 yards a game gave up 400 yards on the ground. Illinois only completed 35 pass yards. Are you kidding me?
0: No halftime adjustment. That's what the game was.
1: Uh, that, thats also what I have because I have very, very poor coaching adjustments. Uh, at one point, Dan Orlovsky, they Illinois ran like this quarterback sneak in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And Dan Orlovsky goes, "That's the fourth time. That's the third time they've done that this game." And no, no linebackers walking up over the center. No nose tackles lining up right over the center to yeah. stop this. Yeah. like what are what are we doing it, here? It
0: was it. I was again. I was out. I was with my fiance's family. And we were having a broway. You would have had a great time. But the one thing that they said, Makai probably uses the bathroom, is James. They wouldn't be upset if James Franklin took the USC job. And I'm going to say that again. They wouldn't be upset if James Franklin took the USC job. No, that's well, where Penn State fans are out. Well, today.
1: that that's kind of what i wanted to touch on here because. This is setting up great for uh, James Franklin. Listen, Penn State, now I'm not, sold that they, I'm not sold that Michigan will beat them, but they're looking at possibly a Michigan State loss on top of the two that they already have, a Michigan yep. State loss and Ohio State loss. Yep. Plus they have some other pe- people on their schedule that I'm sure that they, they can get beaten by. They're looking at a minimum probably of four losses. Because right. they're probably beating either Michigan or Michigan State, and they're losing to the other one. So they're looking at a minimum of four losses where you were ranked third earlier that year. That is unacceptable. And you
0: looked like you were ranked third. Yes. that's the. Th- I mean, you
1: fooled me. Right. You, well,
0: you, I, it really was, I think it was a mix of Sean Clifford, his arrogance carried the team, to use my assumed well, to be father-in-law's.
1: His baller <laughs> skills.
0: Yeah, sure. And then his, and then poor defensive management, because that's really what that game was. Well, if e- they if they realized that, I'm I've already sworn. If they realized that Illinois couldn't throw for shit, listen. When Brandon Peters loses out to a job, okay, listen. They're not going to throw the ball. They're not going to toss the rock around on you. Play man on man, stack the box. You win to this game twenty one seven. And, well, the, and but, we have, we're having a different conversation. But right they now.
1: even started doing that in the fourth quarter, and no, they and, really didn't. They really didn't. They
0: still they 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 did the they did the South Central, they did the Central Pennsylvania thing, and kind of like said they were gonna do it, but then backed out at the last minute because I'm too shy and I might hurt myself or I might embarrass myself, even though I live in the middle of effing nowhere. You are, and you up. might
1: as well commit to something. You're worked up today.
0: Listen, it hasn't
1: been a good week. Did, did you? Well, you know what? Same there. Same here. Okay. But you, we need to pull this together a little bit. A uh, little bit. like it when I'm pumped. Okay? Little bit. Pull this it together. Okay. Is
0: better because I'm pumped. Anyway, what's your next
1: point? Uh, w- Michigan and Northwestern played. Listen, we didn't learn anything new about Michigan. Dominant yeah. defense. or no, g- not, not dominant. De- de- Who? Michigan. I
0: mean, Mich- they had a hard time. They had
1: a hard time. No, they didn't. They ran for 300 yards. Throwing.
0: Throwing. The ball. Oh, throwing thing. the I ball. i
1: um, not and really. I
0: think you just had two quarterbacks who were who were cold. That's honestly what it looked like.
1: Well, that that's the thing. But anyway, we didn't learn anything new about Michigan. Well, we did learn one thing. Blake Corum and we texted about this would be a Heisman would be the Heisman front runner if Hassan Haskins was not there. Nothing to take away from Hassan Haskins. Dude has 800 he yards. A good r- running back himself. He's yeah. sharing carries. Blake Corum with yeah. Hassan Haskins and still leads the team in rushing and the FBS, all of college football in touchdowns.
0: This would be like if um, like 2012 Adrian Peterson shared the ball with like 2010 LaShawn McCoy.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's about that level. Yeah. They ran for 300-plus yards against Northwestern. They really didn't throw it, so we'll get into Michigan, Michigan State. However, what I thought was really cool is they they now play for a George Uh, The George Jewett Trophy, which is uh, honoring the first African-American to play for both Northwestern and Michigan. He was a valedictorian at Northwestern, and he went on to med school to become a medical doctor. The trophy weighs over 90 pounds. They don't run around with with it on the field. It's a locker room trophy. They just get to enjoy it in the locker room. However... J.J. McCarthy is going to take Cade McNamara's job at some point in the season, and it's going to be whenever they lose. So whether it be this week to Michigan State or to Penn State or to Indiana next week or to Maryland, somewhere before the Ohio State game. JJ McCarthy is going to take over the starting gig because it's his accuracy on the deep ball downfield. The There's a reason he's a five star. He was a five star quarterback coming out of out of college. Ma, Micaiah, what's a five star quarterback? Well, ma- well, mom, for whatever reason, the high school radi- ranking system gives these kids stars. So one star, you're like, well, you're like not recruited at all. Two star, three stars, you're getting there. Four stars, you're really good. And five stars, you're amazing. Thanks, Makai. You're welcome, Mom. Okay, so five stars. He's a five star, and he just, it's pinpoint accuracy. And Cade just, if you're going to play ball control offense like Michigan Duns, he's got to hit it. Caleb Williams is still young. If any of you saw my Instagram video or post, you can go watch it. I really detail how he's young. He, they were down 10 nothing to Kansas. He had a check down of Kennedy Brooks in the flat. All he had to do was dump it off to Kennedy Brooks, and Kennedy Brooks is running for 20-some yards because no one is by him. He had, He's one-on-one with the linebacker. Kennedy Brooks is winning that nine times out of ten. But all And instead, he throws a deep ball for an interception. He's still young. He's still learning. Will that cost Oklahoma later down the road against an Iowa State now ranked against an Oklahoma State? Great defense. Not so much offense, but good defense. We'll, we'll have to see. But that was really, it was really a learning process for Caleb Williams on Saturday. And, you know, he'll get better. But uh, there was a bunch, I clicked into the game a bunch, where he would have Kennedy Brooks in the flat with no one within 15 yards. You have to dump that off. I mean, Baker's dumping that off nine times out of ten. Because that's just, keep the chains moving. You know, yeah. Cade's dumping that off. You know all the top quarterbacks: Stetson Bennett of Georgia, C.J. Stroud, front runner for the yeah, Heisman. You know, a lot of
0: players move on.
1: Okay. All right. Well, fair enough. Uh, the officiating crew, or the Big Ten officials, two games. Uh, in the new in the noon games, yeah, they were trashing the Northwestern Michigan game. Definitely, yeah. like yeah, they I mean, they took away a Michigan. A Michigan sack. Yeah, they they called pass interference on one. They didn't call pass interference on Northwestern. They spotted the ball really crappy, in Michigan's favor, and then in Northwestern's favor. They were really trash though in that Penn State Illinois game, Big Ten. Is- and I mean, this has been an entire year thing.
0: Yeah, it, it was really bad. Let me explain. This is the this will this will explain the worst at Penn, at Penn State. Penn State was at home, so you got to hear the crowd as they were reacting to this. Goal line screen to basically Illinois was playing eight men on the line. I'm not explaining that to you, Mom. Look it up. Where <laughs> – <laughs> and they, they ran a screen out, and the wide receiver who was lined up near side on the screen just basically held the guy straight up. Didn't throw the flag, okay? Pass interference. Well, here's the deal um, – they did f- f- they did throw a flag because it was technically an ineligible receiver that they threw it to because he was past the line of scrimmage but because he was past the line of scrimmage that means it was pass interference so they ended up throwing a flag by the way they made both of these calls the first one was basically they were going to commercial and they made the call they, and then the second one yes, was after they yes, was after yes. they had to they had to throw a flag proact retroactively yes because the one ref didn't realize he did call it but he didn't realize oh that's what you're saying okay well then in that case this is pass interference
1: yeah yeah it was it so it was back-to-back plays they ran a tight end screen and uh linemen were blocking downfield i'll explain it a little better linemen were blocking downfield they threw it to the tight end so they called ineligible receivers all the linemen were downfield well it would actually ended up being offensive pass interference that's what you said the problem is Yes, as you said, they were about to kick the extra point when all these flags came out. And then on the very next play, Illinois ran the ball into the end zone. And again, they were about to kick the extra point. And then they threw flags for holding. <laughs> like, if you're going to mess up a call, like and again, the calls were legitimate. Well, the holding, right. the holding was not. The holding was not. They replayed, and the holding was absolute garbage. But the illegal lineman downfield... Right. and offensive pass interference. That one was legit. You gotta, th- yeah. You throw the flag sooner. What are we doing? Don't wait until we're kicking the extra point. There it. Is. Wake Forest. You, you like that? You, I, like, I, that? I don't you like that? You like that? You don't like. You don't. You like that? Uh, they put up seventy on Army now. Army put up forty. <laughs> army put up 56 oh
0: that's right was worse so my boss my sorry the vp of the it department at a high was an was a west point grad Mm. so it's interesting hearing like the the coffee pot talk that they have that everybody has with him dude that one was hilarious we were texting back and forth just for that reason, I'm not ranking them higher than Wake Forest is because they let Army put up that many points.
1: It, so Wake Forest is is taking the Oklahoma of two years ago approach, which is all offense and very little defense. And they're going to be like, yeah, well, we're going to score 49. As long as you score 48, we're golden. So yeah, uh, Wake Forest, though, at offensive explosion. Uh, Dave Clawson definitely going to get some looks at some top, top-level FBS schools. I'm sure he will be interviewed for both the USC and the LSU job. So Pittsburgh. Roadrunners, but continue. Keep going. Uh, Congratulations, Pittsburgh. You didn't screw it up, uh, except now you have, spoiler alert, lock of the week. My lock of the week. Oh, very nice. You have Miami coming to town. You go from beating a perennial powerhouse who's having a very down year to... To now Miami, who, who is fighting. They're bad, but they're fight and they're scrappy and they're explosive. They found something with this Van Dyke true freshman kid. Their defense is mm, okay, but and they get turnovers. So congratulations, Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett, as the moment. He's gotta be the he's gotta be in the top two for the Heisman. The, he's looking good. The front runner for the Heisman is definitely CJ Stroud. Simeon, say what you want. I don't care. Oklahoma, uh, Ohio State is like the third best team in the nation. They might even okay. be the second. This is. I watched
0: enough of this game, um, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I hate to say this. Um, My name is Jeff. No, that's not actually what I'm going to say. I was a little bit wrong about Ohio State. A now, little I'm, bit. I'm still, uh, I'm still right because they haven't played a real defense yet. Well, this week I'm that wrong changes. In the fact that I don't think it's going to matter. I watched their offense. They have and I don't think it's gonna well, they have played real defense and it didn't work, but they haven't. So like when they run into Penn State next, or Michigan or Michigan State next, then and they beat one of
1: those teams, then I'll be like, Okay, there's your number three team. Here Ohio State might have the most explosive deep passing scheme. I have ever seen. You could have just said explosive offense because it's both on the ground and in the air. It has, like, every single pass play goes for 20-plus yards. Teams are like,
0: (laughs) I'm in danger.
1: I have no idea who's, I mean, Ryan Day scheming this. Can someone go learn from him and bring this to Michigan? I mean, because if Michigan had half the scheme, passing scheme, that Ohio State has right now, they would be the second team in the country because they'd be beating teams to death like Ohio State is. Yep. And now they got Travion Henderson, the true freshman, just absolutely going crazy on the ground. They got the old line figured out. As long as their defense, again, they've played Indiana, who was playing their fourth-string quarterback. They, playing, they played Rutgers, and they played Maryland. Oh, I I still need to see them against a top line offense, so we're probably not going to get that this week with Penn State because I still don't know Sean Clifford is healthy. But I'm, my guess is the first test is going to be against Michigan State whenever that game is, and I think it's in two weeks. But Michigan State it provides a out. real offensive challenge for their defense, yeah. and Alabama.
0: Really, you're gonna break down Alabama playing no, Tennessee?
1: No, no. Uh, well, okay. First of all, Tennessee had the lead in the second quarter. Yeah, no one cares. Um, Wait Alabama fans. No do. one cares. Alabama fans do. Also, Alabama already has one loss. Alabama's on very thin. Like their defense. This was supposed to be the Nick Saban's best defense ever, right? Yeah. R- remember that back yeah. to Week One's podcast.
0: Yeah. Okay. Here's well, the deal: wh- is they still won. And I need them to lose to another Texas A&M type thing in order for it to happen.
1: Uh, no, I, I, I understand. Ice, but, but listen, but they, they now have to win out, including the SEC championship game, to get into the, the playoff. Yep. Because they can't lose even in the SEC championship game on a last-second field goal to Georgia and make it in. There's no way, because the Big Ten is way too strong. Ohio State's in, and say if Michigan actually shows up, which isn't going to happen, plays well and only loses by a touchdown late or field goal late, you're telling me the committee's going to put in a 2 loss Alabama over a Michigan
0: the can't do the transitive property and the quarterback runs into the lineman who isn't past the first down. And then the refs say, Oh, he was clearly past the first down and then you give him the ball and then you end up winning by two touchdowns. Right. Did you tell him still salty about four years ago?
1: Uh, it was terrible spot. Joe Klatt, who is a Fox college analyst he'll be doing he'll be calling one of the best commentators yes he'll be calling the game on saturday he says jim harbaugh's tenure uh at michigan can be broken down into two stat snaps one of it is the drop punt against michigan state (laughs) yeah that they should have won and the other one is the terrible spot the refs gave them the ref ball yep
0: listen and here's the deal if that's a standard like dive knees down where's the ball i'm not upset about it it's the fact that he ran into a blocker and the blocker was behind the line or right on it. And therefore, if you're right on the line and you hit somebody and you hit somebody from behind
1: who's would put you behind
0: the line, then you should be spotted behind the freaking line. Anyway, Let's break down this week. We got some good games.
1: We do indeed. Sorry, uh, I have to go to premarital.
0: So we really gotta.
1: You know, oh, oh, we we really gotta go. All right. We well, really you know, go. you're the one who ranted for ten minutes. I know. So this is on you. All right. Let's get this party started. <laughs> the, <laughs> the world's largest cocktail party. Why is it called that? Because uh, a news reporter back all the way in the '80s or '60s or something saw a fan. Of this of Florida offer a drink to a police officer on the street. It didn't go well for that fan, but it is it was known as the world's largest cocktail party. However, they have at, the city of Jacksonville has since stopped using that because people have people played into that. However, ESPN still calls it the world's largest cocktail party. Number one, Georgia in Jacksonville neutral site game against Florida. Florida is 14 point underdogs. The over under is fifty-one. Simeon, you can Ponder that. Everyone knows Georgia is the number one. Georgia is the best team in the nation. They are the number one rushing defense. They are the number one defense in the country. This is the best offense they will face all year until Alabama later on. Florida is coming off of a bye. Dan Mullen, this is a big game for him. Not that he'll be fired if he's if he'll lose this or anything, but it is sort of concerning that this Dan Mullen team is so undisciplined. Again, in all three losses, they've shot themselves in the foot. They've been to all these foot surgeons and have multiple x-rays. And Florida's so one-dimensional. If they can't run the football, they're just bad. They're very balanced, but if they can't run, they're bad. And again, now we're walking into Georgia's number one rushing defense. Will it be Anthony Richardson or will it be Emory Jones at quarterback? A lot of people in Gainesville are clamoring for Anthony Richardson, AR15, but Emory Jones has kind of been the starter, leads them both in passing and rushing. I say you go with Anthony Richardson. He's a little more explosive and he's not a finished product. Can they throw that can Anthony Richardson throw the ball against Georgia's defense? Really there's really no doubt who's going to win this game through all the spheres. Now, watch me say this and provide the uh, podcast host curse. But Georgia, it's whether or not Florida can keep it within two touchdowns. So, Simeon, over-under 51.
0: Here's the thing. I think that's an under, and I think it's a Georgia outright situation. I don't believe in Florida enough. So, you know, so so Georgia covers?
1: Under. Georgia yeah. covers?
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, if, if, if Here's the deal. I think... It sounds weird, because still because math, and that's not how math works. But if Florida, if Florida gets you know loses by ten, I think you could get over. But I'm still taking the under.
1: Also, everyone, I was three and one last week. So after a few mediocre weeks and a very down week two weeks ago, three and one. Now my lock of the week didn't hit; it was well under. However three and one because i called both oklahoma state to cover but iowa state to win so you know i am red hot on the season ladies and gentlemen so please go make some money off of my picks i am a steamy 25 and 17 on the year what are you still doing
0: Here's the deal. When I pick all of the games, I have a much better record than when I just pick one of the games. Oh, well, you know. I had, I had four losses last week. So I've been betting all of it. No, sorry. Six losses.
1: Hey, you're getting better.
0: So that's, yeah. I had nine. No, no, no. It was four losses. I had six losses the week before. So I went, what what would that be? Whatever for 21 there. So, yeah. Hey, and, you're, you're uh, getting am, better. My record in the NFL, sorry, before I let you move on, my record for the NFL is 74-32. and
1: All right, so Simeon's half-decent at picking games. However, yeah. what I'm going to say is I'm going to – I thought it was originally Florida plus the points.
0: No. You picked uh- Georgia. <sighs>
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Georgia's going to win, obviously. I'm picking Georgia minus 14. I think it is a game at halftime, though. I really do. But then I think that either Emory, with everyone plays, Emory Jones or Anthony Richardson, they just turn the ball over too much. So I think Georgia covers. Uh, Simeon, you can pick the under, whatever. That's fine. I really don't have an opinion on this game. However, let's move to the night, let's move to a night capper. Number 20, Penn State University at num the horseshoe at night number 5 ohio state ohio state's getting 18 and a half points i think that number ooh i think it's a little high i think it's more like a 14 point uh 14 point game again i kind of touched on it this is the best defense ohio state's going to be play playing all year the only reason i'm going to be watching this game is to see if michigan stands a shot later in the season or if ohio state's just gonna muck duck the heck out of every single defense they play because if penn state can't slow them down then ain't no way michigan's going to be able to slow them down because michigan's offense is too much ball control based so the more they give it back to ohio state it's touchdown 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 anyway Is their defense really improved? I still don't know. We're going to have to see how Sean Clifford looks. He looked very hurt in the Illinois game. Is, does that continue? Penn State, Sean Clifford healthy. Can you find a running game? Again, I touched on this already. I have coined this game the game that Makaya hates because I don't know who to root for. I just I just root that something happens and year, both yeah. teams lose. Most of the time, I end up rooting for Ohio State because Penn State fans are so obnoxious and it kills my and soul. Ohio, and we live not. in Pennsylvania. However, I think I might just, root, just watch this game and just kind of root for whoever. Now, if it's close late, I'm going to be rooting for Penn State because I want Ohio State to lose. Two yeah. losses kicked Ohio State out. But again, it's Clifford, can they find a running game and can their defense stop Penn State? I do think 18 and a half is far too many. Ohio State wins, but Penn State covers. I think this is more of a 14 point game. Um or at le- or at best it's or at worst it's a 17 point game. Listen, whenever Penn State and Ohio State play. It tends to be in that 14-point kind of range. Penn State always keeps it relatively close with Ohio State. It is on the road, which scares me. Penn State's going to play better than Illinois. Do not let that Illinois loss fool you. They're going to come out. They're going to play better. But again, can they find a running game? Who knows? I I don't. So, we got you Georgia.
0: You said everything that I said. Move on to the next game. Oh,
1: well, you're just killing my vibe. I'm sorry. I made no. You made you made good points. All right. I, all right.
0: I agreed with your breakdown a hundred percent.
1: I didn't need to add any more. Is what you're saying? Okay. Exactly. All right, all right. All right. And I wasn't
0: gonna need to add any more.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Simeon, your game of the week. Your game of the week, as you texted me, S at number nineteen, SMU at six and one, Houston. Houston lost week is- one. Lost week one to Texas Tech and has won six straight. These are a couple, the two probably hottest teams in college football as of this moment.
0: This game does not deserve to be on ESPN too. It does not.
1: It especially, it's the fact it would probably be on ESPN, but it's the fact that Penn State and Ohio State are That's playing.
0: That's the ABC game. The ESPN game is Old Miss and Auburn. So well, why I'm would still- that? okay i i'm i'm a little bit jipped that houston is ranked there's enough two lost teams here that i think houston should be ranked I, no i agree their, i agree in their wins so that's why i think it's the game of the week i'm not counting michigan because we are both suckers and we're not going to actually give michigan the time we're, we're not we're falling strong. for it Spoiler yeah, so alert. yeah so, okay
1: so ahead. so okay so this game is even literally on pick center yeah it is even You get the same odds either way. So, it's uh, over-under 62.5. Houston, listen. Houston is allowing 277 total yards on defense. This is not a Dana Holgerson-type team where it's all offense, no defense. They're winning with defense. They allow 173 pass yards a game. Now, SMU... In that air raid system, passes the ball for 395 yards a game with Tanner Mordecai. Tanner Mordecai it leads the FB. Lead, yes, he was at Oklahoma. Leads the FBS in total t- in um passing touchdowns. He has like five interceptions, 29 touchdowns. Seven. 29 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Seven. Okay, I was close. SMU's defense, because they average almost 600 yards offensively, they're giving up 400 yards a game. So Houston's gonna get theirs. So Simeon, uh, oh, real quick, the over/under for uh, Penn State, Ohio State was 60. Under/over, not touching. Uh, over. Okay.
0: Uh, listen, if Ohio State's good enough to put up 30, it's whatever Penn State does. So whatever Ohio state's going to make up for whatever Penn state doesn't lay down.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. I, I, w- I would say under just be, I'm going to say under for that because I, I don't know if, if you, no, if you can't even question. Mark. Yeah. yeah uh, is Clifford going to be Clifford or is Clifford going to be Sean Clifford, right. which is kind of anyway. So the over under for this is 62 ponder that for a little bit. Who does Cincinnati root for? You say SMU. I actually say Houston because you want Houston. Houston gets ranked if they beat SMU. And yeah. assuming then they can continue on this trend, each team will then only have one loss. If Houston has two losses and they lose close in the champion, or they lose close in the championship game to Cincinnati, a losing close to two loss Houston team unranked at the time, because they will be. Will look worse.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. You,
1: you see what I'm saying. So I yes. think you want both the teams only to have one loss and one SMU to lose to Houston, yeah. and then Houston, and then you blow out Houston because that looks better. Then,
0: um, I don't don't. Here's the thing: is yes, if you're the uh, the American Conference, you're also voting for Houston to win as well um because then you have a more even and you'll have I think you'll I think you'll still have three ranked teams even if Houston even if SMU or Houston's close to 24 you'll still have three ranked teams in your conference. Uh, the issue that I'm having here is you still have to play both of them. Cuz Houston's going to win whatever they do the west or the east and SMU plays Cincinnati later so yeah I, I agree with you but I also like I don't think it, it's as bad
1: no yeah no, it's not it's not as bad I just think the better situation for Cincinnati would be Houston wins they both then after this game win out. Cincinnati beats them both. They both have one loss. They'll both still be ranked because I don't think SMU with the loss of Houston would drop out of the top 25. And Houston would enter, so they both be ranked. That's what you want. If Houston loses this game, Houston's not getting ranked. And so then you, even if you beat them, you beat an unranked Houston team. Congratulations. I see what you're saying. Right, and you only beat one ranked team. So anyway, it's for style points. Anyway, this is at... Houston, it's an even game. It's defense versus offense. Houston's played the closer games. SMU's escaped early in the year against Eastern Carolina, TCU, one of the te- they had to win on a Hail Mary. Either whoever it was, they had to win on a Hail. Yeah. You go Houston here. I just because They are the home team. It's going to be loud. It's at night. They play defense. Okay? SMU, I understand, throws the ball around. But if you look at who who SMU has played, they haven't really played a legitimate defense. Like, TCU was the biggest game or biggest team they've played. and 100% correct. And TCU's defense is trash. Yeah. Right? Just in here. I think Cincinnati roots for Houston here. If I was Cincinnati and Luke Fickle, I'd root for Houston here. So you go for 6-1. and And then you kind of pray if you're sensing that both SMU and Houston both win out.
0: Yeah, Uh, I agree with you. I think I'm taking the under here, and I think I'm taking Houston as well to win this game. Nope. Did I lose him?
1: Excellent. Excellent. So Simeon hits the under. Okay, oh, so no. the game... Writing down. Oh, no. Yeah. We're good. Still if here? you
0: can hear me, we're good. You might just be... Yeah, you okay, are. Okay, we're, we're good. Yeah.
1: All right. Excellent. Uh, I might be back. Anyway, so Old Myth. At number 10, Auburn. This game is... Kind of another Heisman statement game. Matt Corral is doing everything for Old Miss. He leads them both in rushing and past- defense turned the corner since the Arkansas game? That is... Oh, I am back. Okay, there we go. I was I frozen there for a little bit. I'm going in and out. Anyway, You're as good. long Just as you can still talking. hear me. You're good. Just keep talking. Okay, go, go, great, go, great, go. great, great, great. Over under sixty six. I'll let you ponder that. Auburn's at home. Here's the thing with Auburn at home: Bo Nix plays like a Hall of Fame quarterback when he's at home. When Bo Nix is on the road, the Auburn quarterback, he plays like absolute garbage because it's garbage. Can they stop Old Miss's running game? Because Old Miss, because it's garbage, like every other team, like the motto. Of the podcast, it's easy to win football games when you can run the football. Matt Corral, little banged up. He came in the LSU, they really they ran for 264 yards against LSU. So, this is really is old Miss's defense really good and Ken Auburn's Bow Nicks be still home, Bo, Bo Nicks. So this is who do you who do you trust more? Do you trust Matt Corral and Link Pippin, or do you trust Brian Harson and Bo Nix? By the way, Old Miss is the tenth ranked team and is the underdog at two and a half. So with that being said, Simeon over under sixty six.
0: That's gonna be close. Um, I think because we're in Auburn, I'm gonna take the under, and I'm gonna take, but I'm gonna take Old Miss to win because I think they're the more complete team than uh, Auburn is. I'm
1: taking Ole Miss as well. I'm taking Ole Miss uh, plus two and a half. However, I'm taking basically for the same reason, just stated a little bit differently. I don't trust Bo Nix. Bo Nix is too up and down. Matt Corral is too consistent for me. Ever since he threw six interceptions against Arkansas, Latin – not this past year in 2020 when he threw he's been a much different quarterback and old miss ever since lane kiffin pulled a nick saban like i said and kind of backhanded complimented his defense live on espn they've been playing against two very good high-powered offenses so old miss we are taking and i'm sorry under 66 yeah i said under okay you said uh, I also I also like that that's a pretty big number for me as well. Okay, say so you might be getting the hang of this. Game of the day. Or my sorrows will set in for number six Michigan going on the road against number eight Michigan State. The over under is fifty and a half. I'm telling you right now, you hammer that under. Whether or not they get to fifty, I don't know. But these games have lately been all under, all under fifty. So you take you take the under here. I don't even need Simian's opinion on that one, and I'm pretty sure he would take the under anyway. Yep. So we've talked about Michigan a lot. Do they have some semblance of a passing game? Michigan State's not gonna let in a rivalry game let Michigan run it down their throats. They were Michigan's passing game stepped up to the challenge at Wisconsin. Every single time they are tested at Nebraska, they have answered the bell. Can they do it against a much better defense? And can they keep the ball away against a very explosive, at times, Michigan State offense? They have Peyton Thorne, their quarterback, Naylor, their wide receiver, and Kenneth Walker running out of the backfield. Here's the thing. Michigan State is explosive, but then they're kind of mediocre on offense. Explosive? and then mediocre on offense. Meanwhile, Michigan gives you more of that consistency. They're always going to run for four or five yards. They're going to hit the... They're going to keep moving the chains, moving the chains, moving the chains. Their de, Michigan's defense is... Michigan State and Michigan have very similar defenses. However, this is the first meeting as top 10 opponents since 1964. lot on the line here. Over under is 50. We're both taking the under. Michigan somehow is for And let me tell you why I'm so heart struck heart struck. Because Joel Joe Clatt put it so perfectly earlier this week. As Michigan fans were waiting for the shoe to drop. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen this story before. Michigan Literally gets- against Michigan State four four years ago. Yeah. Five years I've- ago. Yeah, however many it was. Five or six years ago. We'll probably at some point have a lead in this game, I'm guessing. It's going to be close all the way, which makes my nerves and blood pressure go sky high through the roof. And Michigan's going to blow it. And as a Michigan fan, I cannot tell you in good conscience to bet Michigan. I'll be happy to be wrong. I will take the my total picks thing and I, I will take the loss and move on with joy if it isn't i know it's coming my wife says why are you so depressed this weekend at 12, 12 noon on, on saturday is coming and the most this play great defense all year up to this point and then just get run over in explosive after explosive after explosive after explosive plays against michigan state like it like it has seemingly done every single year so with sadness in my heart but sadness level of grief you know five stages of grief i'm at acceptance the fifth level you take michigan points if you Michigan state to win outright that's more than fine you probably got it but you take points i'm also taking the game the one weakness of michigan state's defense is their pass defense they allow almost 300 yards a game but that's michigan's offensive weakness Simeon are about with michigan state wins it's, it's,
0: okay there's two things <clears throat> i'm positive i'm i'm optimistic unlike you this is my last thing last two things i'm an optimist unlike you so i think michigan's going to win it's a tale of two defenses, and if you like running the ball, you're going to love this game. If you like old-fashioned football, you're about to love this game. Um, so, I still think, because I think Michigan has the better defense, I, they seem to be more complete. They seem to be better, more team defense-oriented. I think Aiden Hutchinson is a top-five pick, um, if not top-three. So, I, I... It's who can run the ball better and who gets that one or two big throwing plays that you're going to get. And who can get a takeaway or two. Uh, Perfect example was Michigan State against Michigan in the big house under the lights. So that's my my final say. Did I lose Micaiah? I might have. Nope, I didn't. He's still there. I'm ha- I'm hanging on barely. I'm hanging on barely okay. here. Then wrap
1: it up. All
0: right. Uh, okay.
1: So we're wrapping up. So- oh, go ahead.
0: Yeah. There you go. I was just gonna say, Makai has an old computer, so it's it's starting to die on us. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead. Yeah. There he goes. He just fell off. This has been the fourth in one podcast. Um, Makai just fell off. I've been Simeon. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you guys next week. We're looking forward, and hopefully Michigan wins. I used the wrong outro music. Sorry, guys.